This is Jason Cast. This is Scott Nearman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world. And that is why we started this podcast called NP Local. Hey, 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 welcome to MP Local Podcast, where we want you to know that you are not alone. And this is Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Nearman. And we are here for you. Hey, I just want you to know that here we are back with you again. Um, It's probably been two weeks or right now either you're binging these. Okay, either way, we're glad that you are joining us. And today we're going to talk about something kind of going back on the theme. Okay, so when you're hearing this, it may be February, it may be March, but understand it's January for us. And these are things that are very, very relevant. And you know what? I had a mentor of mine one time, Scott. he told me, he came up to me one time, he was proving a point, and he said, Jason, you wouldn't believe it, it's May 1st. I said to him, I said, that's great. <laughs> he said, no, this is this is the greatest thing in the world, it's a new year. And I said, no, it's not, Mike. And keep in mind, this is a very powerful mentor of mine. And he said, Jason, why and who convinced you that January 1st means to be the time that you need to reset your goals? If I'm correct, that's when we reset our calendar. Not when you have time. A lot of people can get through and they'll get to June or July and say, hey, I failed in my goals. Start then. It's a new year. In your mind, hell, you don't know when you're going to yeah. die. Matter yeah. of fact, if I think about it and we work backwards, if I die in September, my new year started in October before that year happened. You That's know what right. I mean? So let's still start thinking about that that way. And so when we look back, one of the things that we looked back on was the T-chart known by the one, the only, somebody we talked about a lot in the first couple uh, episodes. We did. <laughs> that guy, what was his name? He was somebody, Ben Franklin, that guy, and he used to use the T-chart. Now, a lot of you may say, what the hell is a T-chart? I didn't know that's what it's factually called either. But if you take a line and you draw it down the middle of a page and you put the, on the left side, you put the pros, and on the right side, you put the cons, and then you just simply line out your year. That's all you do. So I'm going to tell you what my experience was like at that. And then Scott also has some things. And we're going to start with Scott on on the basis of why this is important for your nonprofit uh, uh, agency. Why is this good for your organization? What what kind of clarity does this give you? Scott? I think uh, one of the things about the nonprofit world, and, and definitely write us. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me what you think out there, listeners. But I think that, um, you know, what we do in the nonprofit world is particularly complex uh, it's actually, uh, I believe it was Peter Drucker, uh, you know, a famous business guru. Uh, we've also talked about a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think he talked about the fact that if anybody can say no to what you're doing, they are a constituent, right? If anybody can throw up a wall and make you take a U-turn, then they're a constituent. And when I first heard that, that's a little bit oxymoronic to me that, that you uh, – would consider that person a constituent or a friend of your organization. But the reality is our board can say, no, we're not going this way. We're going to shift this way. Um, your employees, whether you're the manager or, or not, come on, employees, you're a team. 
um, you know, you got to have that openness and, and in their area, at least they can say, no, this isn't the right course of action, Scott. I don't think we should do this. And, and my, uh, you know, folks I work with on things that uh, I'm not good at, like a complex database, um, you know, I got to rely on that advice. But um, there's Scott, hold on. out there. Let, Scott, hold on. Let me get some meat. Let me. I want to ask you some questions real quick. Yeah, write down your thing. I want you. I want to ask sure. you some questions. When you go to a board, and they have decided that they're going to take a different direction, what if you disagree with that? You've done your research. You've done your homework. You've looked at this. You actually probably went to the board expecting a certain outcome, right? No matter if this is a big decision or a small decision. What are some of the things that you do? Do you accept that? I know it's circumstantial, but do you accept that? How do you get them to see that in your way? That's important right now. I think uh, uh, I have been surprised before, and that was just whenever I was not as experienced. Um, whenever you take something to the board expecting one outcome, if you didn't count your votes in the front end ah! or you didn't do that homework, uh, one of the things I've learned, actually, just a little practical nugget, is to have these recommendations bubble up through the board committee. So it's a recommendation not from me to the board, but from the board uh. committee to the board. And again, that's one little complexity to illustrate my point that we deal with because we're not a, a business. You know, we're not government mm -hmm. that can be very command and control. We're somewhere in between. We're trying True. to do business, but we are we have a lot of constituents. I mean, so the, the board members being one, but also, you know, external affairs, you know, anything out there in the world can affect the economy or how people give or how secure people feel in giving. Um, and so there's a number of things that we're dependent on in the nonprofit world. Therefore, the, the decisions tend to be pretty complex. Wow. Good point. Very good point. And so because it's so complex, using something as simple as the T-chart can make it very much easier. Right. So let me right. so so as you frame it up for for nonprofit executive directors, I want to, I want to say, so you can get a, a frame of reference for what I was doing local listeners. And so what I did is I posted this on December 31st. If any of you want to follow me, you can go to Jason Cass um, on Facebook out there and you can read this yourself. And I wrote this out here. I'm not going to read it word for word, but what I did is I explained to people and in the beginning, I said, in all reality, this was a balanced year with a slight lean to the bad and a whole lot of crazy. Now, a lot of people would associate 2020 as being one of the worst years ever. I can't say I disagree, but I will also disagree. So what I meant by that is, is that if I know that sometimes, if this is a complicated situation, let's do the T-chart. And one of the reasons why the T-chart is so good is another one of my mentors, his name's Billy Williams, uh, Inspire a Nation. Uh, he has explained to me, Jason, he says, anytime you put emotion in front of anything, it's bigger than it really is. Anytime you take something that's really, really good, and you put emotion in front of it, it's probably better than it really is. And if you take something bad and you put emotion in front of it, it's probably not really as bad as it seems. So true. And so when he says that, it makes you realize that how do I take the emotion out of it? And this was, I mean, I'm not smart, Scott. This was me sitting down December 31st thinking, how do I do this? And I thought to myself, okay, let's make this simple. Let's go back to old Ben said, right? And so that's what I did. Now, here's what I realized. There was actually two T-charts. I kind of felt, and I know you probably did local listeners too, right. on December 31st, you probably might have had a good year, but there were so many people that had a bad year, you kind of felt weird like expressing it. 
So that's why I decided there was two T-charts. There was one T-chart that was for me and my family, right? And in those things, as I put into my post, I mean, things happened that were really, really good. Um, it was actually, I spent more time with my family than ever. And if that's the most important thing in the world, then come on. I mean, I can say that this was one of my most important and best years. And I lost the number one person in my life. And I lost him because he was stuck in his house for nine months and he has a bad heart. And COVID killed him as a secondhand thing. I mean, he, he died because of that. This is, my, this is my Uncle Ray, the man who raised me. I was raised by a single woman and this was my guy and I lost him. But it was still my best. Now, why? How could someone say that? You know why? Because if I want to put in motion in front of losing my uncle, it's not as bad as it really is. And here's the thing. He was only one con. At the end of the day, I had more pros than I did cons. So if I take that out of there, now, if I created another T-chart and I did it for the world, that was pretty simple. I, it, it was one of the worst years ever. And there's, there's not enough pros that you can put. Do you know why? You could put 100,000 pros, but as a speaking of this, 400,000 people are cons. Yeah. Yeah. That's how powerful this is. You could never win there. But that's what is important to take the emotion out of it, Scott, and to be able to put it down in a T-chart to really look at, as I said, and I'll throw this back to you, I started it with this sentence. In all reality, this was a balanced year with a slight lane to bad and a whole lot of crazy. And I believe that with all my heart. And the way I like to end it is, is because on this last day of 2020, really think about your year and with less emotion and more appreciation for living on the earth one more time around the sun. You can get that when you remove emotion and the T-chart can help you do that. Scott? Well, it's all about perspective, right? It seems like we've talked about that for the last couple of episodes and getting in the right mindset uh, for the year ahead of us, um, whether it has to do with our goals, personal, professional, uh, whether it has to do with uh, our view of uh, external affairs, as I say, you know, there's a lot going on in our country right now. And, and you know, everybody's entitled to an opinion on that, but uh, it's kind of a mess. And so how are we going to how are we going to look at that? And what's that one small part that we can do to to make things better? Cool. But our our uh, you know, I, I uh, was just reading about this um, this T-chart, Jason. And, and one of the things that I think is um, is real practical, again, for a nonprofit leader is. Um, that, you know, it's not necessarily good and bad about the year, uh, pro and con about a decision. It could be those, you know, that's advantages and disadvantages when you're in decision making. Uh, it could also be strengths and weaknesses. It could be, uh, uh, it could, it could help an employee evaluation. It could help in, um, you know, uh, weighing whether to put that board member on your board or not. Good call. Uh, the approaches to a donor. Um, I think they would like this. I'm sure they wouldn't like this. What is your, your, your moves management plan in your organization, but specifically for that donor to uh, move them to a higher level, if you believe that that's possible. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of practical implications. I know you're right. Very simple to, 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 to draw that T on the paper, right? I mean, Lord knows I'm sitting here. You can, you can see, cause we're on video, the stacks of papers I have. So there's lots of, uh, uh, lots of notes that I take, but this is a very simple one that helps you lead, lead you to something practical. And also perspective because something that may not have been big to you. So one thing I did, I didn't yeah. really truly take a lot of pros and cons from them, but my family, 
I asked them and they had no idea I was doing this. So when I threw it upon them, they're like, oh, you know, they couldn't think of anything. But this is something you can do with your employees too. What is the stuff that's happening out there that they just put up with, right? There's those different types of things. Let me ask you this. What people are you putting up with that you shouldn't be putting up with, but because emotion is in the way, you know there's more cons. This goes back to a saying that Cass says in the insurance industry all the time, if you can't change your people, change your people. Now, that's one of the hard things to do, but remove emotion out of it. When you start writing those pros and those cons left and right, and you start to look at it, it becomes real clear real quick. And then you start getting other people's advice. It starts to become real clear real quick. Can't change your people, change your people. Right, right. Well, and and I think one of the things that I say, I mentioned a couple episodes ago was uh, if you do enough of the right things, the magic will happen. And so what are the right things? What are we doing right currently? You know, uh, our team's going to have a staff retreat here later this week. Uh, We postponed it due to some illness, but um, we're going to, you know, virtually uh, gather and reflect on the year, but really focus on that annual calendar and and what the priorities are for the coming year. And uh, one of the things I'd like to talk about is, is what are we doing that's going well and what is not going well? It seems so simple, but -hmm. sometimes as you've pointed out, you know, those, those positives are going to outweigh the negatives and you got to have that perspective going into the goal setting, going into the planning process first. Um, You know, what, what are we doing? Strategic planning, right? We do SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. That T chart is, a strength versus a weakness. And generally in that SWOT acronym, strengths and weaknesses are internal characteristics and opportunities and threats are external characteristics. It's Makes two sense. T-charts. That's what we're doing. And that's, that's why it's so, that's why it's fantastic method, tried and true, because it's so simple. It really is. Getting folks in a room talking about this, it's the synthesis of that information that gets complex. It is. So, so Scott, what are some of the things that you would say um, that a lot of nonprofits probably besides the SWOT analysis, their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, what are you, would you, would you some things that you guys encountered that a lot of non-for-profits encounter, maybe not you encounter, but other people that you, that you talk that they, that you see this being a stress. Is it usually with their board? Is it trying to figure out how to do employee practices, operations? Where would you say you see executive directors put a put a put a roadblock in front of what they're doing and and local listeners is not really not fair i just kind of threw that out to him so um what would you say is there anything specific that stands out if you ask me that about insurance i would have three or four because i see them pretty routinely you're talking about challenges that may come up in a swat session correct so no yeah. well, let me say this so so in my agency we have a lot of people who put in front of them that we need to write every piece of business that calls into us So I know this isn't relevant, but just understand that. So as a new producer or a new salesperson, they want to try and write everybody that comes in. But what they don't realize is that puts a lot of strain on the team because now we're writing people that aren't congruent with who we are with our brand and our mission, right? So what we're doing is, is we have to put a T-chart down to say, hey, understand, let's look at the pros as if we wrote this, this client. Let's look at the cons if we wrote this client. And here's the key of that, and I'll turn it over to you, Scott, is that you'll hear people say, yeah, I know that's a con, but that's a really big one. Every con gets one point, just like every pro gets one point. 
Take the emotion out of it, okay? Take the emotion out of it. They all mean something and just brain dump into that. So that's something that we did. I did this like two, three years ago when we were changing the direction of our agency. And I had to put it in front of, you know who I had to put it in front of more than anybody? My business partner. My business partner. I had convinced myself when I was first new in the business. Yeah, I'm trying to write everything I can because I need revenue. But then I started realizing that I can't write and help as many good people because it was these people who I'm not saying are bad people. They just they need a lot of maintenance. Okay, that's not the type of exactly type of agency we run. But it was more important that I had to explain it to Travis. Is like, Travis, really look at the pros of doing this. Look at the cons of doing this. And I think you're going to see that. It didn't take him very long to look at it and go, Jesus, why in the world are we doing that? Now, it's not something we immediately stopped doing. We had to put together a vision to say, okay, now that we've got that image out there, how are we going to slowly change that image? I think there's a lot of correlation between executive directors and maybe them dealing with their board in that same certain thing. It goes back to what you we were talking about before as far as leadership and what their game plan is, is do you have them on board for the mission? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I, th- I mean, kind of what you're talking about too is, is your purpose, your mission. Um, and so I think that mission creep uh, is a temptation of many nonprofits, you know, right now uh, in the COVID era, uh, we're talking uh, so much about grants and these are government grants, quasi government grants and uh, private foundations that have really stepped up their grant making uh, to just help basically the, the, the basic needs, um, you know, food, housing, insecurity, and, um, you know, getting electric bills paid and, and those organizations that have to do with job placement. Um, there's a lot of money out there right now. And it's very tempting, I think, for some nonprofits to pursue those grants or any grants, which can take you off of, of your primary mission and purpose. And so, one of the mm-hmm. things that I'm doing as a consultant for a client right now is we're going to have a conversation this spring about uh, mission and vision and be sure that, that the mission statement is clear and that the board is unified in what that is going forward. It's an organization going through some change, but um, we're going to do that first before we move into the SWOT analysis and, and the strategic planning process. And so I think it's important as we've said last episode with, with personal goal setting, it's the same in the business world that mm-hmm. first you are reflecting on who you are and what you want out of life. And as an organization, you're reflecting on who we are as an organization, what our capabil- capabilities are, what our strengths as an organization, and, and where do we want to go in the future? What purpose are we serving in that 501c3 or 501 setting? Good call, man. Good call. I love it, dude. I love it. You know, one thing we need to talk about, uh, local listeners, reach out to us and tell us if we do. We need to talk about COVID. We need to talk about, not COVID, but PPP uh, funding. I would love to know, you know, I know how that's working for businesses. Is that working at all for, I mean, are you guys able to accept any money from that? Is a lot of the nonprofit industries benefiting from any of that money like the for-profit businesses are? I'm at a I'm at a community college foundation, and so we are employees of the college, not the 501c3 foundation. Okay. And so there is a difference, you know, certain uh, strings and, and restrictions that the government has on the PPP money. Uh, one of the things I sent out to my clients uh, when that first came out last spring was actually about the IDLE grant. If I remember, that was about the uh, economic impact disaster loan, and what they had was a uh, I don't know if I got the acronym right, but what they had was an immediate $10,000 grant uh, that you did not have to pay back if you can prove that you were affected 
negatively by the disaster. So operations were shut down or, or whatever your staff. And every nonprofit in America lost revenue. I which mean, is why I believe the website crashed several times and that money was gone in uh, like a day. So $10,000, nothing. <laughs> No? It took the rest of us 10 days to, to dive into it and learn all about it. And by the time we did, it's practically gone. But, you know, that's the federal government for you, right? And I don't want to talk about that now, but maybe that's something that we can help these people with. If as that's legislation, we do know that we do have an incoming president this Wednesday. He's already said he's at $1.9 trillion. And a lot of that funding is going to states and local communities and stuff like that. So I'm curious. Um, I know that those people will be looking for that. And so once again, they don't have time to do it. They well, want you to know that we're here for them. And it's absolutely on target though, you know, because that's a temptation. That's a mission mm -hmm. creep. And and I would just appeal to nonprofits, you know, we're, we're talking about decision-making today, but I think that, um, that this is a decision in real time that many of us have had to make uh, on a routine basis during this crisis is if we're going to pivot, do we pivot? Or, or do we not? Do do we just keep on keeping on? And so that decision about PPP and idle, and of course that whole conversation is going to be renewed here. I'm sure in the first hundred days uh, of the the new president. But um, we got to make decisions whether to even think about it. Uh, and so I did actually go after uh, one grant, and it was ultimately federal money that was a little outside the norm for us, but uh, it was within our mission, and we were able to pull that off. And it was an additional sixty four thousand dollars. Uh, because we were able to to navigate and, and do that. And it was extra work, uh, but we were able to meet some needs as a result. And so making those decisions, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I probably didn't do a T-chart on paper. I write a lot of things down, but, but you know, you got to do those T-charts in your head in the moment sometimes. And you do. Bounce them off your team. And, and again, we talked accountability. You got to have a team and, and be the leader that seeks the advice of your team. And the more times you do the T-chart, the easier it gets to be in your head. Right. Think of like a coach, like a football coach. I mean, he's got all these things that could possibly happen if he runs this play. But like at the very beginning of his career, the reason why he's an assistant is he's, he doesn't know the play that the defense can probably make when they make this. And then he's like, oh, crap, didn't realize that. But after a while, he's now the head coach and he's able to make those decisions very, very fast, just like anything does in our brain. Scott, right. thank you very much for your time. Local listeners, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we just want you to know that we do what we do because we do it for you. We want you to know that you are not alone. This has been Jason Cass. This is Scott Nearman. With MP Local Podcast, uh, where we want you to know that you are not alone. See you.